Welcome to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. Today we are talking about gardening. We have Ross Sandelius on this podcast, and he is one of the admins of a group on social media. It is the Ferndale and Pleasant Ridge Area Gardeners on Facebook. We're going to be talking all about that group, but we're also going to be talking about everything that you can be doing if you are an aspiring gardener, if you're an amateur gardener like me, or an intermediate gardener, or an expert. There's always something to learn. And that's what we're going to be covering. Now, Ross and Elias is a Ferndale resident. He is, as you're going to hear, a very avid gardener. Also, had visited this library last year and had prepared for us a three-part series that he did throughout the summer to instruct anyone who wanted to attend on some of the basics of how to maintain a great garden. And one of the things he presented on last year, we return to in this podcast, and that is rain barrels. That's like rain conserv- water conservation, or they call it rain harvesting. And we're going to talk about why that's so important. But I have to tell you anecdotally from my own personal experience, I always thought that I was a horrible gardener, that I could never do it right. And that was a bit, you know, demoralizing to an extent. And then I found this group on Facebook. It is a group for gardeners who are in and around Ferndale and Pleasant Ridge, but they make it clear that all are welcome. So if you are in a neighboring city, you should seek out this uh, page because it is always full of just great tips from everyone. It's really just an exchange of ideas. And especially good about this group is that no one is judging anyone. There's no dumb questions and everyone is very helpful and very I guess enthusiastic. Everyone wants everyone to have a great garden. And I I know it's on the virtual realm, this is social media, but as a long time, lifelong Ferndale resident, I should say, Ferndale has always been a place for avid gardeners. It's always been a gardening city. New gardeners and old timers are encouraged to interact on this on this page. They can share pictures, they can share tips, they can ask and answer any gardening questions of each other and it it goes year round and what is also cool about what ross and elias talks about here on this podcast is how gardening can actually be year round even here in michigan when winter time comes and comprehensively freezes everything over there's still stuff you can do so we talk about that we also talk about things you can do as the autumn approaches this is our chat with ross and elias of the ferndale and pleasant ridge area gardeners on facebook I'm going to start, and I should say that something I have been occupying some of my time with that you'll appreciate is I've been gardening more. I know. I know. I've been uh, been watching, and uh, actually at some point during this, I was going to... I was going to mention that I was like, you know, if there's one person who seems to have been like, I'm going to start and like, hey, what's what's gardening about and whatnot. And then to now to, you know, seeing some of your uh, your posts and your progress on social media. It's pretty impressive, man. So give you give yourself a little bit of kudos on that. That is high praise coming from you because I admire your work <laughs> in the garden and uh, I admire everything that I see, especially going on on the Facebook group which I wanted mm-hmm. to start with, which is sure. kind of a beautiful thing that, that I've sort of been checking in on and even utilizing for the last, I think, almost year. But tell us the name of this group, how it uh, how it started and how you got involved and just what it is. Sure. The name of the group is the Ferndale and Pleasant Ridge Gardeners of Facebook. It's a completely social gardening group. There's no dues. There's no organization. The, the primary focus of it 
is to ask questions, post pretty pictures of flowers, vegetables, bugs you find in the garden. It's just a great social, fun, low-pressure way to share your experiences in the garden. Which I especially appreciate that it's just sort of a generator of predominantly positive energy, whereas you can't always find that on social media. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's been it's been said several times and this is kind of one of the reinforcing things that makes you feel and know that, you know, being involved is worthwhile is that so many people say, This is the one group that I check every day and this is kind of like I don't want to necessarily say like this is my safe place on Facebook, but it's a place where people can go that that it's just it's just really kind of positive because there's no there's never any judgment there's never any there's gardeners who are literally just starting out like hey i just bought a house i have no idea what's going on or the people who have literally been gardening for 50 years and anything that anybody comes up with they're just like oh yeah 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 let me walk you through it this has always been a gardening city, big garden city in general. I've lived here my entire life, and I believe that there's always been a, a gardening group of some kind. I don't know if you're familiar, Ross, but I, I grew up on the sort of northwest corner of this of this city of Ferndale, and there's a point where Livernois dead ends right at about Pleasant Ridge, and there's a, there's a gardening space mm-hmm. right there that's always been maintained as long as I've been alive, and I just just appreciating the city and gardening energy in the city, you know, and Pleasant Ridge, it turns out. Yeah, I think that's, is that on Oak Ridge? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I think, yeah, because I think Oak Ridge is, and I believe that's maintained by the Ferndale Garden Club, which is a more formal gardening club. And the amount of knowledge in that group is pretty amazing. But there's knowledge shared on the Facebook group. And that is, uh, and I wanted to ask you some of the some of the things that you just enjoy most about it or some of its most positive features. I'll say as a new visitor to it is that I never really felt intimidated or that I wasn't asking a dumb question. That was good. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that's regardless of what level or involvement of gardening, whether you're a casual gardener, whether you're kind of like me, where you're kind of a little more fanatical and uh, research based, and you know, throw yourself into it. The idea is that you and I guess the natural evolution has become that no matter what question you ask or whatever information you're looking to find, there's always going to be somebody who's going to help out. And a lot of times you'll end up finding a brand new perspective that you hadn't even considered, like some alternate angle of what seems to be a simple question or what may for you, may be for you an incredibly complex, like I can't even wrap my head around this. And then somebody comes in with like this explain like I'm five explanation. It's like, oh yeah, you just do this. And it's a, a literal light bulb. And it's it's those those are the those are the daily and hourly responses and experiences that really make a group like this just so rewarding. Now, Ross, I know you as kind of a tech guy, and now I also know you as a gardening guy. I like how that sort of you are blending the the organic and the synthetic there. But tell me Mm -hmm. about how you got the gardening bug and and when that happened and why (laughs) it happened. What was it? What was it about? Yeah. Yeah. So my my nine to five job is that I'm a video editor and um, I work for a marketing company who is actually it does a little bit more on the side of uh, agency or advertising work uh, many times. And so that job in general is a pretty intense, you know, it's kind of a hurry up and wait or, you know, there's, there's just when you have to do it, it's like 
hammer down, you got to do it. And it's like very, it can be very intense. And so there were moments when moments and times when I would absolutely start feeling burned out, like where you're burning on a project for four days straight, five days straight, you know, working crazy hours. And there was just an absolute burnout. One of the things was there was just a general realization. And this was um, when I was living uh, primarily by myself that I need to find a way to slow down. You know, like I need to find something relaxing and, you know, video games are great, you know, to, and watching TV is great because it's a diversion, but it's most of that is a, it's either a very passive activity or it's just, it can be very hectic or it can be, it can just continue that. So it's escapism, but it's also stimuli. It's like, there's a lot. Right. Right. And, and I need, I needed something, I need somebody else to call the shots. And in this instance, it ended up being a plant because you can, I mean, you can, you can give them fertilizer and whatnot, but you can't really rush it. They're going to do what they do on their time. And there may be some fun along the way, but, uh, to try to make a long story short, um, (laughs) they had some, uh, these little miracle grow seed pods for sale at Meyer for like 22 cents a pod or something. And I was like, Hey, you know, whatever. So I grabbed it, put it in these woefully small pots and I think it was about two months later, I had these like five or six feet tall vines with these cherry tomatoes growing out of these pots that are literally like maybe eight inches tall. And that's why I say woefully, because it's way too small. (laughs) And it was just kind of like, I I don't even, I honestly don't even like tomatoes or I didn't like tomatoes at that time. And then the first time I picked a little cherry tomato off there and I just ate it. I was just like, I think it was that moment, you know, it was just kind of like, the fact that I grew something and I got to see it grow and I got to, you know, and there was, there was a lot of learning where I threw myself into it. And that was kind of the beginning of the bug. So for that comparison, I had two of those pots growing those tomatoes that summer. The next summer, after a winter of researching, as I do, um, <laughs> the next summer, I think I had 25 five-gallon buckets that were growing peppers, tomatoes, some squash. Like literally, I had to grow it in uh, containers because I was renting at the time. So the back, literally, the back patio was just <laughs> rows and rows and rows of these orange Home Depot uh, Homer buckets, and I think I had. I think I had frozen pepper pods like ghost peppers and uh, and whatnot. I think I had frozen pepper pods for probably close to two years after that. It's something so, about uh, it's the bloom, it's the blossom. It's when you know, if even if it's a flower, there's a verdant green, right? But when something just opens and you realize, oh, I helped that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's there's like these little uh, there's like these little points, these little points of reassurance along the way that just kind of like oh. Okay, so I'm getting to the, they're like little checkpoints, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, so I'm doing something right. This right. is great. Right. You know, right. Um, is there something about because you mentioned being into tech and you mentioned uh, research over the winter. And as a side note, I really, I really appreciate following the page when, you know, everyone here in Michigan knows that January and February is like a dagger chill, dark gray and to see Ross get on the <laughs> Facebook page and sort of talk about the spring coming, it's really reassuring, kind of brightens my brightens my winters. And I know you're doing research, so tell me about, I guess, maybe some of that aspect and, and you know, because some people consider gardening a hobby. I wonder how you regard it in your life. It's funny. I mean, 
to say that it's a passion is definitely true because I've kind of come to the realization that uh, I don't even need to consider what I'm going to do when I'm retired. If if and when I ever retire, mm-hmm. because I pretty much already know that it's going to be gardening. So it's it's kind of strange to kind of have that foresight. Like no 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 yeah I'm I know exactly what I'm I'll be good. <laughs> but but yeah so I've kind of come to the conclusion like there's there's been these points where during the winter I get. You know, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do gardening. I can't do this. Yeah. And then I realized that, you know, everyone jokes about Michigan being, you know, such a fussy state and how the weather is unpredictable and whatnot. But it is, uh, I, will, I will say this, it is absolutely possible to do something gardening related every month of the year. Absolutely. Like, and, and I'm even saying outdoors, oh. you know, there's, it is absolutely possible. And not just, you know, like looking through your seed catalogs and be like, ooh, I want this, I want this so bad, you know. Um, it's it's not even just that. Like there there's actual there's actual tasks and things that you can start and do and plan for every month and so that you're perpetually moving forward. People might not realize that. They might think it's a it's a April to October thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's a lot of gardeners who they operate when the flower shops open up in May. And then once, you know, things wrap up in August, September, then they're just like, okay, great. I'll dump everything out and put the pots away. And and that's great. You know, I mean, everyone gardening is, I I use an adage of, or I use a phrase, uh, it's like gardening is a lot like uh, chess. You know, you can learn the basics in a weekend and, but it will literally take you a lifetime to master. Right. And, and there's no, there's no really wrong way of doing it. And that's the beautiful thing is that it's completely open for interpretation. Yeah. But even if you aren't you know, some accredited university master gardener, you, you mm-hmm. seem to approach it like one because you do get into the science of all this, at least a little bit, at least more than most. So that's, sure. that's something. And I, and I think that's because I think that's because that's just kind of my nature. I'm a technical researcher, kind of throw yourself into it. And if that works for you, fantastic. Pursue it, go after it. But if that doesn't work for you, that's not like, that's not a, that's not a gatekeeping step. That's not a, that's not a requirement. Right. You know, all the, all the gardening, the only thing that matters in gardening is that you are doing what you enjoy doing. And sure, you know, there's definitely some times when, you know, it feels like work, but you wouldn't keep doing it if, you know, if it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't worth your while. True. Now I've learned a lot from this group. I usually post at least three or four times throughout the summer. I always get very prompt responses. I always get polite responses. Mm-hmm. I always get encouraging responses. What about you, Ross? You're you're ten or twelve levels ahead of me. Have you yourself picked up things or learned things from your from your allies on this social media board? When you think you know a lot about something, all it takes is for one person, and it doesn't matter their skill level, all it takes is one person to come in with a new perspective that you hadn't considered. Or maybe it is someone who's literally been gardening and like they've been doing this thing that you have a question about. They've been doing it for decades. Right. You know, this is not they're not necessarily on the pinnacle of genetic stratifying the latest variety of one type of coneflower. You know, it's just like, no, I've just been doing this for 20 years and it's worked and I don't mess with it. And, you know, this is what I can tell you. So. It's it's funny how sometimes, you know, as an administrator, you kind of feel like, oh, well, you know, I like you don't have to be the authority because right. nobody is really the authority. 
Right. You know, it's like you can have a good average, but all it takes is one person coming in who has been there, who has done what you're trying to do. Yeah. And it brings you right back down to, you know, the the wide eyed child, you know, looking up and be like, oh, wow, that's great. You know, yeah. it's all about perspective and it's all about, you know, just, you know, there's always going to be somebody else who knows more than you, has more experience than you. And that's fine. That's 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 great, because that's when that's when a lot of teamwork and that's when a lot of discussions are born you know when people have different perspectives or different thoughts like oh hey i didn't think about that right it's a great idea to me it seems sometimes that gardening is a bit like cooking and i in that i think that (laughs) i'm not a great cook by the way well i think that similarly there's there's folks out there who will i guess resign early and say i'm i'm just a bad cook in the same way that i when you met me, I was like, oh, I'm just a bad gardener. I am not good at this. There's no way I'm good mm-hmm. at this. But, you know, some people will just get a few tips on cooking and maybe they get into a groove. I've gotten into a groove. If anyone's listening to this podcast and they just feel like an unlucky gardener like I did, are there any like just basics that people should remember? Let's say it's their first summer or spring really getting into it. You know, are there any basics you like to share? Yeah. I guess I want to start this out with saying plants plants in general are pretty unique in the sense that they have had millions and millions of years to basically evolve one thing, and that is they want to live. They want to survive. They want to complete their cycle. So guess what the variable is? That'd be us, you know? So the trick is, is that, you know, we, a lot of times we fuss and we, you know, we fidget and we, you know, we mess around with things way too much. You know, it's like, oh, I got, I got, I got to water. You know, I got to water this all the time. And it's like, a lot of times, you don't need to water a plant. Like when you see it start to wilt a little bit, that just means it's a little dehydrated. So you give it some water, and then within an hour or two, it perks right back up. You know, it, it doesn't. A lot of times, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. So basically, to answer your question, a lot of times for gardeners who think that they have a brown or a, a black thumb, you know, it's really just there's like one little thing or one or two little things you know these just something that you haven't discovered yet and and once you figure that out it's it's like it's like a light bulb turns on it's like the gates open and they're like oh this isn't hard at all you know like i like i sometimes say something is only impossible until you do it right and once you do it, you're like, that whole wall literally doesn't exist anymore. Right. So, and I started out, you know, being very anti-flower because flowers, uh, I struggle with flowers. I can't do flowers. Yeah. So I did vegetables and I was very successful with vegetables. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a veggie guy. And then, so like this year, it was like a complete flip-flop is that my flowers and uh, my garden is doing fantastic. But I had this infestation of a certain type of like a like a larva or a, like a bug that completely wiped out all of my zucchini, all oh. of my cucumbers and stuff. You know, it's a bummer. You That's know, bummer. it is a bummer. But but the thing is, is that I, I learned during that process, I learned what the bug was, how to deal with it. And I'm much, much better prepared for next year. There you and go. that's kind of the road. That's kind of the rotation that you go into is that you make mistakes. You learn what happened. And then next year, when you start seeing something creeping into the garden, you're like, I know what that is. I got this right on. Ross, in a in a in a normal and more safer world, which is a phrase I use on this podcast often because <laughs> often I've been sort of redirecting folks who are going to be doing in-person 
presentations or programs in this library into the sort of this podcast format for a virtual sure. talk. And, you know, in another world, we would have going to be having you back in the summertime to do more gardening presentations because you did three last year, which were just incredible. And I think I wanted to just talk a little bit about probably the most popular of that. And that was focusing on rain barrels. Since we are in the month of August when drought is a reality and it's getting really hot and I think it is literally the dog days. This is when, you know, the marathon of gardening gets really hard and we might want to reach for that hose. Tell me about rain barrels and why we should maybe consider them and use them and, and their benefits. Sure. Rain barrels and rain harvesting it's a really amazing thing. And without going too far into the weeds, the gardening pun. And I just realized that was it. I know, I know. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. It was inevitable. Mm -hmm. But the rain harvesting is so important because the, the way that cities are designed, and especially I'm speaking for the, the Ferndale suburban area, is that water is designed to fall, collect on driveways and whatnot, and then go to the curbs and then go down to the drains. And then from there, it basically goes through pipes and then is dumped out in the Detroit River. It picks up fertilizers, waste, you know, all sorts of, you know, garbage and whatnot. And it basically does no good. And that's, that's just kind of the reality that we live in. So the idea behind rainwater harvesting is that you intercept that water before it goes to the curb and you put it to use. You put it back in the ground because that's what keeps the soil healthy. That's what, you know, allows all the little critters, you know, to live under the soil, above the soil. And it just makes everything that much easier and healthy. And an interesting, an interesting fact about here in Ferndale is that the average Ferndale roof, based on the square footage of houses and whatnot, the average Ferndale roof during an inch of rain will collect 600 gallons of water. No way. So, <laughs> right, right. So 600 gallons of water. So to visualize that, that's basically like over 10 55-gallon drums of water or those huge white farming totes that are like 300 gallons. That's two of those. So you could collect that. And then if you just have containers, you can absolutely water containers when things are dry. And it doesn't even have to be like, oh, well, I want to save money, you know, by not using, you know, the water it's the water for the most part is a lot cleaner it hasn't it doesn't have the chemicals and stuff that we need you know for drinkable water and it's it's a way to get that water and prevent it from just being passed along and you know messed up or dirtied you know in the normal evacuation process so august is tough because it's so hot a lot of plants are winding down in terms of like their blooms and right. whatnot and and it, it is a tough time so rainwater harvesting is a great way to kind of keep keep the water in the city you know keep the water in literally in your backyard and right. it doesn't have to be hard and and you don't even honestly need a rain barrel you can just create a little area at your downspout where you can plant some plants that love extra water Excellent. and they'll flourish there and that's that's what's called a rain garden and a lot of water can come down and that's a fantastic place to those plants will just soak up the water and make it go away and that's you know it becomes an actual landscaping or if your house or your backyard has these spots where you know you can wear water pools or you know it can actually become a solution which is which is kind of counterintuitive because you're like oh well if i need to collect the water i just want to get it out of here it's like well if you go about it a certain way you can have both and you can get an amazing backyard ecosystem out of it i'm gonna try that 
that that's what I'm taking yeah. away from this podcast. I'm going to get under my spout and plant some stuff. All right. So we are going to be coming. I mean, we're already early into August. This podcast is premiering in mid-August. Falls right around the corner. I know everyone's garden is different, but maybe you could just give us sort of an archetypal sort of example. Like, do you do anything to your garden to sort of prepare it? Do you do anything to it in the autumn? That's when we, that's when most people like me are getting out of my gardening mind and I'm like, oh, I can stop watering it and I'll just pull my, you know, pull all the yellow stuff. But anything you're doing when fall comes around? Yeah, it's, August is a very interesting time because uh, a lot of people, they do kind of feel like, well, and and I think that especially with like uh, under normal circumstances, uh, school starting up and, you know, everyone kind of transitions out of that backyard, spending all your time in the backyard and then like shifting back indoors. So you don't have as much time to work, you know, in the backyard and whatnot. So August is a very cool time because we don't really, the weather doesn't really get like cold, cold until very much into uh, October. Right. So now is actually a time when you can, uh, there's a lot of uh, fall crops that you can actually start planting fall crops now. And then you, there's still plenty of time for you to still get some produce out of that. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that now that things are, it's still very hot now, but it's starting, you can kind of feel it in the mornings already. Like there's been some cooler mornings that it's starting to kind of taper back down a little bit. So now's a great time to get started on that. But it's also, it's also kind of a nice time to just kind of go over your garden. What, you know, what happened you know, in the spring and the summer, just kind of evaluate, just kind of get a get a look and see it's like, okay, this worked, this didn't. Maybe I start thinking about like maybe these plants weren't doing so well here. So maybe they can be moved over somewhere else. And September and October are great times for perennials to shift stuff around. I mean, it took me a long time to kind of get my head wrapped around the idea that plants when you plant them are really kind of modular that it's like if you in the fall if something wasn't working in a spot or you found out that something was toward the front of a flower bed and it got really tall you're like well i can't see the thing behind it so september you know october that's a great time to start planning and to start kind of shifting those plants around be like okay i'm going to move this taller one to the back so that and move the other one to the front and the plants handle that very well they have the entire fall and winter and then going into the spring to just kind of recover from that because it's much more easy for them so yeah i, I kind of consider august to be kind of a for the veggie gardeners or the produce gardeners it's kind of like a phase two you know, that's like kind of like the 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 stuff that really suffers in the heat, you know, the hot, hot heat of like July and uh, August. And it's also a great time to start kind of making some plans for what you want to do in the fall in terms of like if you want to reorganize your garden. And yeah, there's I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot that you can do in August yeah. uh, just because some of the blooms are starting to kind of wind down a little bit. Right. There's, I mean, there's, there's plants that still bloom well into, they don't even hit their stride until August. So those, it's a good opportunity to kind of look at the year and me personally, I don't have enough plants that are like in April, like the really early blooms. I don't have enough of those. So this is a good time to like, okay, this is how the summer's gone. I want to 
you know, stagger the blooms and I want to move some stuff around so that it looks more balanced throughout the year. So that's mm-hmm. just that's just one thing that you can do. But August is a great time for both taking action and starting new stuff as well as just kind of like start new start to kind of plan ahead a little bit for uh for the fall and for the following year redecorating um yes yeah. yes that's good gotta to feng know. shui that thing you know that's good to know i've got a hosta that i think i could move and i'm gonna be ready to now mm-hmm. um yeah ross it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast here thanks for joining us well, Thank you so much. Could, it's always a pleasure to I talk could, to you. And honestly, I could pick your brain all day because I have so many gardening questions. But I think that what's also exciting for anyone listening is you could seek out this group. It is a group on Facebook. It is called the Ferndale and Pleasant Ridge Area Gardeners of Facebook. Did I get that right, Ross? Close enough. <laughs> if you search for Ferndale Pleasant, you know, if you if you search for it, it'll pop up. It's uh, We're actually lucky enough. We just uh, hit another milestone in terms of members. So it's a it's a very large group. It's a very active group, but there's zero intimidation. You know, it's just everyone's there to have a good time and to chat and uh, to yeah. nerd out with plants. You nerd know? out with plants. And if you're anything like me, yeah. and I think there's a lot of people out there, if you didn't get into sourdough, you probably got into gardening. And now is a great time <laughs> to start following the social media page and you'll be ready for next April. But Ross, thanks again for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And that was our chat with Ross Sandelius, one of the admins of the social media group, Ferndale and Pleasant Ridge Area Gardeners on Facebook. Not too late to join that group and maybe start asking questions about what you could be doing for your garden as the autumn approaches and maybe ask some questions about rain barrels. I know I took some things away from what Ross had to say today and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. We thank you for listening to another episode of A Little Too Quiet. This is the Ferndale Area District Library podcast brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. We produce it in-house here at the library. My name is Jeff Milo, the host. The music you're listening to is by a local musician, John Duffy, and our guest was Ross Sandelius, giving some great tips on gardening. More episodes to come here in season two. Thanks for listening.